Welcome to the Nerve Guys podcast, where we discuss movement, performance, and rehabilitation through the lens of the brain and nervous system. The Nerve Guys podcast is hosted by Gareth Kelly and James McCambridge. To find out more about the Nerve Guys or to book into our online or in-person training programs, please visit thenerveguys.co.uk. The Nerve Guys podcast is sponsored by Elite Vision Sticks. Every day, athletes of all levels are reaching their full performance potential with Elite Vision Sticks. Pick up yours today. Welcome to the Nerve Guys podcast. It's Garth and James, and we're here with Lucas. Uh, Lucas, range of strength, Hardy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> for squatting heavy and then splitting, generally, yeah. among other things. <laughs> among other things. But what I said very quickly, I think, Lucas, if you just give us a brief history about yourself, you know, not life history, not like I was born, and then, you know, that kind of thing, just kind of, you know, your training history. Um, what's led you to where you are now, kind of thing? Yeah, for sure. Um, thanks for having me on, guys. Um, obviously, I'm super into the stuff that you guys are doing, and uh, we've done some great work together evaluating uh, my own brain. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's cool to see how all those things link up with uh, movement and flexibility and strength. It's just never-ending. It's great. But, um, yeah, my name is Lucas. Um, range of Strength is my tag on the socials and stuff, and uh, I think range of strength, you know, uh, it really stands for the application of strength across all, all boards. Um, and even more so within flexibility. And that's really my, my message. And my mission is to get that clear to everyone out there that, uh, flexibility training is just as much, if not more about strength training than it is about just stretching, even though that is a, a big part of it and understanding how to do that. Um, I have been uh, working in the field now for over 15 years. It's, it's been a while and uh, I've kind of just my own journey as a coach has led me this avenue, you know, getting to a point where I realized I knew nothing about flexibility training um, through my own experiences as a power lifter and a strength coach uh, led me to really go down that rabbit hole and try to get a better understanding of what I didn't know. And uh, you know, that, that led to where we are now with range of strength and it's been a culmination of my experience as a strength coach and the experiences I've had. And it's about eight years now where I've really gone down that flexibility rabbit hole and like tried to understand it from different backgrounds. Um, yeah, that's a, I guess a little sum. Say <laughs> so for myself, it's really cool. Uh, watching your stuff has got me very excited about strength training, which I've never been able to say, Ever. <laughs> Ever before. Like, I just kind of think you know, I understand the importance of strength training in pretty much everything, but there's like this thing where in my brain it just always looks the same. So if somebody picks up a weight and they look like I don't think they can really pick that weight up, I'm impressed. And then after that, if someone pulls an airplane with their teeth, I'm like, oh, that's really cool. And then everything in the middle for me was always just kind of, uh, yeah, like, what was that, 10 kilos heavier? Is that better, worse? Is it a lot better? Like, I, I don't really know. And then so to see uh, some of your stuff where you're in these ridiculous positions uh, and then strength training that as well has got me really excited about 
uh, I guess, combining a lot of my own uh, teaching that I did with flexibility and then going, oh, yeah, actually, the, the strength at end range, there's even more to that than I had ever previously thought, I guess. So thank you very much for that. Yeah, for sure, man. I think it comes down to, you know, commercialized strength versus everyday strength. And that's where we got to close the gap is, you know, telling everybody that they need to strength train this way, just because it's what gets people into a commercialized gym setting and pays for the equipment and all that kind of stuff is, uh, you know, that's one way of of thinking, but teaching people to strength train in a way that, you know, improves their everyday lives and their movement capacities and their ability to move. It goes far beyond what's being taught and we have to search a lot deeper. A hundred percent. Um, I find that a lot of the things as well, as, as I said, probably every podcast at some point, I blame the fucking eighties <laughs> films, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Stallone, action films, seventies, eighties that brought in the whole thing of no pain, no gain and getting really jacked, but not really focusing on functional. And that's where the, the modern sort of commercialized way of training has come from. Yeah. Um, because if you look back and you know, well, you know this well, um, old school strongman stuff and old school gymnastics stuff, they used to be not standard, but quite a normalized way of training. And then yep. as people started not watering it down would actually be the right word, I think. Um, you would see as that was watered down, problems would go up because they just weren't, they were putting on size and strength and muscle, but they weren't actually using yep. their, themselves structurally or the muscles in the way they were sort of meant to be used and in the ranges they were used they lost range yep yep the muscles the muscles destroyed the movement or sorry the machines destroyed the movement oh definitely and uh that's where we've been you know kind of scratching our way back to say like how did we do that how do we get back to moving like that how do we get back to restoring flexibility in later stages in life yeah. where you know it's we've become so accustomed to moving poorly that we think it's just flexibility some genetically gifted thing yeah and it's not it's just the approach to your training and taking a less modernized approach to how you strength train um the movements that you do and and applying them in such a way that keeps you moving better rather than just i guess filling up a muscle yeah, <laughs> is, uh, and i think yeah. yourself structurally after a certain point you can get so, as you say, filled up with muscle that it is quite hard to then actually change and do something else. So that's, I think that's a really good way, the way you speed the switch from power lifter, well, not made the switch because you still lift heavy, but you've then actually rebuilt the neural pathways in such a way that you've actually gained the strength to have, be flexible because you can be flexible with big, big legs or big chest or whatever. It doesn't matter. It's just the intent and how you apply it. So I've got a quick question. See, when you started down flexibility as a training route, did you notice your awareness of your joints and space, like your awareness of your body got better than when you were just lifting? Absolutely. Because it's about spending time in positions and we don't spend time in positions, right? And, you know, it's it's important to know, yeah, flexibility training is strength training, but this being in a stretch, learning how to understand a stretch, what's happening in your, in your body, what the demands are. It's just something that we don't do. 
and I, I relate it very much to like when I first started strength training because the first time I put a barbell on my back, it didn't feel good. <laughs> and it wasn't like, it wasn't like I went home and I was like, Oh, I can't wait to go back and do that again because I feel like shit. Yeah. Um, but I went back cause I wanted to get stronger. I wanted to, you know, build muscle and like, you know, you want all those things when you're young. And I, I think that that experience exposed me to like, when it really came down that I knew nothing about how to stretch even, or be in a position. I had that adopt that same mindset. It's like, this feels like shit. I don't know what's happening, but I need to keep doing this to get better at it. So it's very much its own practice. And uh, as you get comfortable doing that, you understand positions, you understand, I think this is even where end range training or end range strength, whatever you want to call it, comes into the picture is actually being able to actually put yourself in a stretch position and create contractions and awareness and and be aware of that end range. That's where it starts. It doesn't start with a really heavy Jefferson curl or, you know, forcing yourself down, you know, like with weight or things like that. It starts with being in a stretch and, and understanding the demands of it. And you're at an end range. So I think, uh, yeah, that's, I really, when I started, man, I just realized I had never stretched before. To be honest. <laughs> I've never actually held a stretch or, you know, earn the right to say that I've actually given this a fair shot. And that's where things, you know, snowball and you start going deeper and deeper. Yeah, I always find, I remember the first time I attended splits and this, this gone by a long time ago. And I just thought to myself, holy shit, what's just happened to me? It's like, <laughs> I was like, why? This is worse than anything I've ever experienced <laughs> in my life. But after a while you get comfortable, you get safe your brain starts to feel a bit safer so it allows you to push it because once you're strong enough to get into position and out of the position it starts you start to be able to get comfortable in it and you start to be able to access it and find that your methods of training a lot of flexibility um and a couple other guys that you would follow and you know like strong man archaeology and stuff because as much as his stuff is strength training it's a hell of a lot of flexibility training as well you know strength training and flexibility training it's like pain and focus, two sides of the same coin. You shouldn't yeah. really be able to tell them apart. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And generally, the way we look at it. Yeah, I always find like the, I mean, I think the way I always describe it, the way we try to sell it is there's just only two parts really to flexibility. There's uh, making your body feel safe. So we reduce the threat levels in the body to allow you to move into more difficult ranges. And some practices are quite good at doing that and then there's the other side of it which is increasing the strength at end range uh, which is uh, the second part of it i guess um but like yeah if you don't address both of those uh it kind of doesn't really happen you can improve your strength at your end range but if your end range is really bad because your body feels i don't know what's going on uh because maybe you're lifting too heavy too hard too quick um then you're probably going to get really good at being in that range but probably not any further out which i think is a little bit like what you were talking about but not making it too intense at at the furthest that you can go straight away because then your body will react and say no i don't like what's coming and then no matter how much strength you try to build actually you're not going to get that little bit extra and just as you're talking there about building the strength and you know going into repping into end range 
um, you were talking a little while ago, it was on another workshop you were doing that I was in. In fact, this morning, because um, <laughs> it was all about the performance and there was a question in it about the, the bench, you know, performance and repping forward. And that, yes, that will build up strength to pull you into this position, but you'll never truly own that position and that's why you'll end up injured in that position. Yeah. If you spend time, yes, use strength to gain access there. And that's exactly it, you know, rep out, get in there, but you want to go in and spend time in there. You truly own a position. Because you can't just do active, you need to have passive in there. To truly get comfortable, you need to relax. Yeah, yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah, and it, it does come more about like at the start, learning to condition your brain and nervous system to know what these positions feel like and that it's safe to be there. Yeah. You know, like once we know what it feels like and what's happening, we can start loading and, you know, performing these more, I guess, extreme kind of styles of strengthening and improving flexibility um but i mean you never really move away from one or the other either because training and life is not linear so the more tools you have in your toolbox like if i'm interrupted for some whatever reason in my life that's how i look at it now because i was interrupted in my powerlifting i got injured quite badly and that's what brought me to flexibility so I can't say for sure that I'll never get injured again because I put myself in scenarios where you never know, right? Like, but I have the tools now and I have the degrees of freedom in my movement capacities to better manage and deal with these setbacks or these, you know, you never know, right? These kind of scenarios that may happen. Um, so it's a good feeling. Like, I guess if you were to actually say that there was a bulletproof feeling, it's knowing that you can manage and deal with the unpredicted or, you know, yeah. un, unplanned kind of scenarios in your life. It's like, I know what to do and I know it's going to be okay. Yeah, 100%. That actually, so at the minute I'm dealing with that cartilage tear in the hip. Um, but I'm not worried about it at all. It's fine. It'll, once the acute pain's over with, which is pretty much now, I just go into the toolbox and I start working back. Anything I've had before is going to come back straight away. There's nothing, I'm not worried in the slightest. And that kind of works quite well in the way we teach things. So we, I think I told you, I've mentioned it before, it's mobilize, lengthen, stabilize, and strengthen. Yeah. It's slightly different for a lot of things. So or mobilize is getting access to ranges in the joint. So getting the joint moving mechanically, but also getting neural activation going in there. So, you know, sensory stimulus, things like that. Lengthening it is lengthening the ability to get into these positions, you know, get comfortable there. Stabilizing it is what we would consider, you know, getting it strong, being able to control it through your full range of motion. As you know, most people would say that would be the strengthen part, but our strengthen end of it would be you're able to have options for the rest of the world. So if something unexpected happens, you have the strength to maybe not get as injured if that makes sense, you know, or so you're not totally busted and out of the game. So I think that's a good thing. That's exactly sort of what you're talking about is options. You know, you've got yeah. that kind of freedom that you go, I yeah. probably will get injured at some point. Yeah, but, but, no. I yeah. think you're right that uh, you probably don't ever get away with like, you know, some people say like, oh, you do all this work so that you avoid injury entirely. But I think with the bulletproof analogy, if you have a bigger bulletproof vest, you'll just try and 
take bigger bullets. So like everyone, <laughs> everyone's always going to push it the, the maximum that they can do. But I guess the yeah, the wider the exposure to to things that you have, then yeah. even the most unexpected thing isn't actually that hard to uh, bring yourself back from. For sure. Yeah, yeah and it's when you think about how we get injured, it's like. I mean, for the everyday person, it's like, you know, you know, rolling your ankle or tripping and falling or things like that. And like, I mean, I, I don't know how many times I've rolled my ankle in the last couple of years, like where I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> but it was fine. Right. Like I had all this like, oh, OK, it's, you know, like that could have been much worse. And but the ability to rebound and recover from that is how we need to look at our training is like. You know, one of the reasons why we get so injured when those things happen is because we never expose ourselves to those things. Yeah, and yeah. that whole, kind of whole, whole yeah, the whole bubble wrap. Oh, 100 yeah. yeah, yeah. When you said uh, I was listening to was your most recent podcast where you were talking about you know uh, the basics and uh, I can't remember what you called it. It's something about being grounded or is, uh, but but basically spending a lot of time down on the ground and down on the floor. And actually, uh, I think that's a big thing, not just like for your strength and your range because of the positions you have to put yourself in, but one of the worst, th- like your worst injuries are gonna send you to the ground. So, like the worst, the worst things that happen are when you end up falling. Um, yeah. And actually, if you're just on the ground with a ton of options rather than only three, uh, that's gonna be pretty good as well. Yeah, well, think about the uh, simplicity of that. like. Well, what happens if I fall? We'll just spend some time sitting on the ground. <laughs> so you know what the ground feels like. It's like, you know, like no yeah. one even thinks about just sitting on the ground and spending time just, you know, connecting in that kind of capacity. So it's, yeah, it's that simple. Sometimes you think about it, like, I'm afraid to fall. I don't want to get hurt. We'll learn how to actually sit on the ground and be there first. And yeah. That all comes back to just safety, the brain feeling safe. Because obviously we look at it all from a brain point of view. The yeah. old, one of the main things your brain is worried about is falling over. It's literally like Futurama in the glass jar. It doesn't yeah. want to fall over onto the ground because the ground is going yeah. to break it. So if you get comfortable being on the ground and moving around the ground, all of a sudden that threat level is a little bit less. You know, so it just allows you to move it more freer. It allows you maybe take a bit of a risk in movement. Say jump yeah. or say if you're playing ice hockey or you know or something, it allows you to go a little bit further, a little bit faster, a little bit whatever. Because yeah. it's like, oh, I've been here before. I can just roll <laughs> my way out of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that to us is you know safety is kind of the key, and I think a lot of people try and push, especially with flexibility training and strength training, try and push too far, too quick, so that their nervous system is a little bit petrified. What do you find that kind of, especially if somebody new jumps on your program, say, and you know the way if they're doing the basics and you've got them on a basics program, say they're just starting from scratch, they're very yeah. quick, like, I want to push, I want to do this. Do you ever feel like you need to go, no, you need to build the foundations for the house first? Yeah, I mean, I think I've gotten um, also good at, like, knowing how to push someone with the basics. So that's the thing, too, is, like, a lot, you know, a lot of times it's more like a, a craving to feel like you're training harder yeah and, and you know you can you can make anything hard right so you can make some of those basic applications and movements quite difficult for someone and once you humble somebody like 
again, if you sit on the floor and try to do a, a leg lift on the floor, it kind of humbles them real quick. And they realize like, oh, I, I shouldn't be pushing myself. I can't even lift my leg off the ground. It's like, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, it's one of those things. Um, and I think, you know, when it does come to safety, it's the sooner you can introduce someone to the unsafe, the better, but it's just how you do that. Right. Like flexing your back, you know, maybe deemed unsafe, but if it's safely introduced and progressed, um, the sooner, the better. So I think, yeah, in some ways, the sooner that you can introduce people to the unsafe, you know, the better it will be. It's just knowing how you can push that and how you can cater it to someone who's like, you know, of that mindset. So yeah, a couple, you gotta have some tricks up your sleeve when you deal with those kind of people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's got a lot of uh, value for like people's buy-in as well. So like I always remember the old school kind of circus coaches that I would work with that would tell you, you know, this is the, sh- the shoulder position needs to be, you know, way up above your head for this specific like handstand skill. You know, all right, cool. Mine don't do that. So what should I do? Well, just keep pushing them up and, and, and they'll eventually get there. It's like, yeah, but they, they don't like surely should it, can't I just train it in this position? And it's like, well, yeah. no, that's wrong. That's not a safe position. And I was like, okay, but it's the position I'm going to get right now. Like, can't I make myself strong in this position? And then, you know, from there I'll probably progress and I'll probably find that the position you're telling me is a bit easier once I'm, once I'm capable of it. But I feel like that approach rather than it being, you know, perfect form straight away or nothing at all. Uh, you actually get to experience all the, all the little dangerous things that, uh, you can just start to work out on your own. Oh yeah. That actually doesn't feel as good. I can do it, but I'd rather be here. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get a better understanding of your body, right? That's, yeah. I think that's where you need to start is understand your own body rather than comparing yourself to what someone else might be doing. And then once you understand your own body's capacities, you can move it along the path, right? Yeah, it's every exercise you'll ever prescribe. Once it's done once, you know, even the same person can never repeat a movement exactly the same. It's impossible. It's totally impossible. Doesn't happen. So everything is slightly different, and that's how the brain obviously builds up safe options and you know safe like freedom of movement and stuff because it's got all these little options that it's had in the past, so it can predict what's pretty much going to happen. But it's good to you know as a coach you know that somebody might be doing the same program as somebody else, but you want to build up that autonomy as quickly as possible where they go. Oh, this feels better if I just I'm slightly like this or I'm slightly like that. You know, you can't as you say, you want to give people the freedom to learn their own body. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you know, and to build up their little maps in their head of their own body. Because you'd be surprised how much modern living doesn't allow for that to happen. You know? Yeah, and it's you know, everyone focuses on numbers and figures of you know what they should be doing, and I think that's where you know, flexibility training can help you escape that. Like, I mean, yoga is one thing, like being able to enter a practice where there's no, you know, you're just going to move in and out of positions. It can sometimes be monotonous and a little too specific, but like if if you need to stretch more on your left side than your right side today, then that's what your body needs and learning that that's okay. Yeah. I think it's a very 
you know, powerful tool for people who obsess over how much they need to do and why. And it's like, no, you just need to understand your body, what your body needs kind of, you know, build off of that kind of approach. Yeah. There's nothing symmetrical in the body. No. Heart bigger on one side and other. Diaphragm's bigger on one side and other. You know, you, you were the open yourself up. Nothing's even here. It's all messed up. It's all over the shop. You know, and it's the same, it's the exact same. So why would you think that something for one side is going to work exactly for the other side at any given point? It's totally right. So you just need to learn, oh, maybe I need to do an extra set or I just actually need to do this side or I might need to do something, you know, as you say, um, I might need to maybe externally rotate this side, internally rotate the other side, you know, whatever. You know, yep. yeah, it's that kind of options thing. So yep. have you... I, obviously, now you've been doing flexibility for eight years or so, like hardcore di- diving deep. Um, I know we've done a neural assessment and stuff in the past, and that with you, which I totally forgot about until you reminded me at the start. <laughs> <laughs> but have you noticed how much, obviously, me talking about it a lot, and James mentioned it, how much the eyes are actually, they can help you get that little bit further at certain points, and how important yep. other senses like your vision, your inner ear, all that are. Um, I'm sure you've probably now got like a healthy, rough knowledge of how important it can be. Yep. Yep. And it, yeah, for me, it's like the more I can challenge the basics, the, the longer I know I'm going to be, you know, able to pursue the things I want to pursue in my training and the brain and those kind of vestibular things are about deepening and broadening your basics. And that's been a big one for me, whereas like, all I have to think about on this next lift or whatever is about where my eyes are going or what I'm thinking about that way, or, you know, um, how I'm approaching those different angles. And that's, that's a powerful piece, right? Like you can never have enough of an understanding of how the whole body works as a unit, the brain the nervous system and the muscles. Um, so yeah, that's been a big, uh, like game changer for me. And it's even helped me with other people too. Like, and again, when people are worried about whatever they're feeling and whatnot, and then you can direct their attention to what they're actually doing with their eyes or um, how they're directing their breath and those kind of things. Like, yeah, that's a very powerful tool. Yeah. Thanks for what you were saying earlier about like you can make anything as hard. Like, uh, I guess people see the straight route of, you know, this is the complex skill and then this is how it's broken down, but actually, every single bit under that, like the more basic components can be made infinitely more difficult in any other direction that isn't going towards that skill. So yeah, whether it's your, whether it's just you're in your squat and is it an eye position or you thrown and catching something? Is there someone hitting you trying to uh, That's a bit drastic, lose, like, but... lose your balance? I've seen that in a lot of martial arts. Like that was, <laughs> that was, that was my one uh, when I was about seven years old or eight years old being in the martial arts class and uh they had they were doing a someone who was going for a black belt braiding and had to do a horse stance and he just said everyone's just allowed to go up and just like wax black punch you weren't allowed to go for the face but you could just do whatever you wanted and she just like stood there and had to take it and uh i mean I, this is only like a really vague memory. I was definitely like eight years old, and I just remember going like, "Oh, that's that's really weird." But yeah, that's really weird. One, I don't, I don't know any martial art that does that. 
But in terms of strengthening, well, like well, I mean, the Shaolin—they they do that at the Shaolin still, right? Like holding a stance and getting hit with a stick is like yeah. it's a whole different uh, kind of way of training your brain and training your endurance capacities to take those kind of things. Like, because again, at the end of the day, it's like pain. And like, what kind of pain is it? And how do you define pain? And everyone's always talking about pain. It's like, is it pain? Like, what is pain? And have you, and I think that's why athletes are so easy to work with. Like, uh, I don't work with as many athletes as I used to, but they're always so easy to work with or even former athletes because they've experienced high thresholds in their bodies. So when you started like, you know, getting in and asking them to do more, it's a lot easier to coach them through that. Um, but maybe you just need to hit him with a stick. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Given the chance, always hit somebody with a stick. <laughs> yeah. Not randomly in the street, like with consent. Don't just run around because you're going to get arrested. It's but it's sensory. Yeah, it's another side of the same coin of like being aware in your body. Well, pain is the same thing. So if you, uh, if you just get someone in off the street and they're stretching for a little while, it's like, well, this hurts. And it's like, okay, well, how bad does it feel? And if they're not used to that sensation, the brain's going, well, I don't know either. Could be it's, yeah. it's somewhere between, you know, the guy picking up the weight or pulling the plane. It's like, is either really bad or not bad or somewhere in the middle? And I'm not sure. So to keep me safe, I'll assume it's somewhere really up bad. higher. Like it's, it's worse. Whereas if you get someone who, uh, you know, a contortionist and they get, like they had their coach in the past was pulling them and yanking everything and they'll go, oh, this, this is kind of sore. Okay, how bad is it? And they'll be able to tell you exactly. It's like, yeah, no, it's not a problem. It's just, um, I, don't, I don't like it right now. It's, yeah. uh, it's something I can deal with. It's just your brain said, be aware of this. This shit ain't cool. Kind of, you know, um, <laughs> basically. But yeah. Learning discomfort. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Always flirt with discomfort. Always. Yeah. Um, it's really good intensity. So unfortunately, so learning can happen, you know, instantly. It just depends how intense it is. So, you know, put your hand in a fire, you really learn pretty quick that it burns. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, intensity is usually lent more towards uncomfortable, not nice things than the good things. There's way more intense bad things than there are good. So learning that discomfort and pushing the intensity a little bit further into discomfort is a great thing for helping certain learning. So like, you know, inflexibility. You're never really going to get very far if you don't stretch to the fat point that you don't feel it. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. So I think there's a lot to be said for learning to get comfortable in the discomfort a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and like we, I mean, the workshop we just did there, we talked about those rules of thumb, right? Like learning, you know, how a stretch sensation ramps up over the hold of a stretch, not necessarily getting into your deepest stretch and seeing how it feels, but like I could create a stretch sensation quite easily and then let it like build up. And, you know, like the, these are like the learning, the, the pieces that people need to learn, right. Is like how actually it feels to create discomfort rather than just like be in discomfort. You have to learn how to create it kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. You can generate a lot of force, without having to be in range, you know, without having to be in at the end of your range of movement. Force is a massive, massive tool when it comes to um, helping you get that stretch, helping you actually, because a lot of people stretch to release a muscle, so to speak. Mm. Um, 
just as a general term, <laughs> let's not break it down. But a lot of people would stretch to release a muscle, say the hamstrings or whatever. But actually, they've got it in their head. They just need to lengthen a stretch and lengthen the range of movement. But they can actually contract, relax. There's all different types of stretching available there and all different types of force that can be generated. And they can get the same result. And it's, I think that's a big light bulb for a lot of people once they realize this. I think then their training goes from like petering along to straight up because yeah. there's so many things they can do. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. But yeah, that's really it. We promised we keep it short <laughs> so you can get on and enjoy your Sunday. Yeah, it's all good, man. I appreciate you guys uh, having me on. Yeah, yeah. No, it was just nice to get a chat with you because we haven't spoken in a while either. You know, yeah. I've been listening to all your podcasts as well. So, oh, everyone! Everyone keeps telling, asking me why my eyes are looking up when I squat now. And I just say it's because you guys. So, <laughs> <laughs> if my eyes go up, then the weight goes up. So it's true, though. It's exactly true. Get all them spinal muscles firing. Yeah, it's working. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. It has to be done. Although um, I have noticed, though, there are some people that they just do not like moving their eyes. Mm. They just hate it. They just. Nope, don't want yeah. to. Yeah. It's like a fear. It's like a, I feel it's squatting too. It's like a fear. It's like if people aren't like they don't know where their body's going. Yeah. They're afraid to like take their eyes off of that direction. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. you're just giving you more strength of what you can see. So if you can see it, then even if your body doesn't talk to you, at least your eyes can, you know, keep track. So as soon as yeah. you start going a direction it wasn't meant to be going, you can tell that it's happening, you go, Oh, fix that. But yeah, once yeah. you're looking away. Yeah, no ever, it's really fun asking someone. Now, don't do it on a max out weight or anything, or anything above 80%. I wouldn't even think of trying this, but get them to squat four or five reps with their eyes open, then get them to squat four or five reps with their eyes closed. And they will find it so much harder with their eyes closed because yeah. your eyes will give you access to a lot of strength because as Dean says, you can see what's happening. You're like, oh, all's good. You know, but when you close your eyes, your brain's going, lads, what have you done? It's like driving, <laughs> driving with no lights on in the dark. Yeah. You know, it's like there's something bad going to happen, so it will make you weaker. And it's just one of those nice little things, like especially if you've got an athlete that's injured and they want to come back, and you go, why am I doing all these eye exercises? And you're like, trust me, do this, and you'll see why your eyes are important. But yeah, try yeah. that. Try that for the crack and let us know. Yeah, I will, for sure. Um, but yeah, we'll let you shoot on. Great. As I said, cool. short tweet, half an hour, 40 minutes, job done. <laughs> but yeah. yes, jump on Instagram. If uh, you don't follow Lucas already, which I'm, anyone that watches this, I'm sure already does. You know, but range of strength, get flexy, get strong, yeah. you know, look good in t-shirts and small shorts, <laughs> you know. <laughs> That's it. That's yeah. the new uh, slogan. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I look forward to uh, sharing this out once you guys post it up. Thanks a lot, dude. Right, no problem. We'll speak to you later. Have a good Sunday.